Hello and welcome to the Kane County Bar Association's On the Bar podcast. I am your host, immediate past president, Andrew Whitfield. And today in the second episode of this season of Life Before the Law or Life Before Law, I interviewed one of my best friends, Dr. Samir Vora, who is the director of the Illinois Department of Public Health. Samir Vora is one of my best friends and roommates from when I attended law school down in Carbondale at SIU. Um, here we had a discussion about the MDJD program, which uh, some universities provide and how that provided his path and trajectory to um, his current position of Illinois De Department of Public Health Director and everything that he did in between in about approximately uh, 30 minutes. So we hope you enjoy um, this. It's very informative about how the intersectionality of uh, law and the practice of medicine. Enjoy. All right. This is the second episode of the Kane County Bar Association's On the Bar podcast. Today, we have Dr. Samir Vora, director of the Illinois Department of Public Health, a very good friend of mine, and roommate from when we were in law school together. So Samir, thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule to uh, be with us here today. I know you're all over the place. Well, Andrew, an absolute pleasure to be on and uh, a thrill to join you, uh, one of my closest friends, and uh, really participate in this important podcast uh, run through the Kane County Bar Association. Thanks. And so I was reminiscing and we talked about earlier visiting some other law school friends this past weekend and we're approaching somehow the 20 year anniversary of when uh, we first met and started law school, moving into those dorm halls back on a similar weather day on a hot, humid day moving in. And I remember uh, when we met and our parents were there, you had mentioned you were going to be doing the MDJD program. And I think I kind of joked around. I have a fairly good memory of this was, well, how long are you going to be in school, you know, doing this? So uh, if you want to briefly explain as far as what SIU had as it related relates to the MDJD program and, and what you basically went through. Yeah, no, uh, uh, 20 years, right. We're, uh, we're getting older, you know, parents and, uh, maybe uh, some more uh, white hairs than back then when we were both, right? Uh, two uh, young adults who were moving from Chicago all the way down to Southern Illinois. And for me, it was the beginning of a real exploration around combining medicine and law to try to do something at that time I probably didn't fully understand the ability to connect, you know, how we think about our health with how it affects laws and policy change to improve systems so that all people can be healthier. And back then it was, you know, I'd been a political science major. I had majored in the philosophy of science. I knew I really wanted to be a doctor, but I was really fascinated by how policy was made, how systems were developed, really how the political process affected the way people lived. And for me at that time and continue right now, you know, health 
is so central to everything that we do in our life. And I wanted to get the education to make that happen. And, you know, so it's hard enough, right, thinking about applying to medical school, but then also sort of realizing that there were these programs out there that you could do both. You could learn how to be a doctor and a lawyer and somehow make a career of that. Yeah, and so yeah, I, I decided to apply, right? And, and you know, the rest in some ways is history. And that's where I was wondering, so how did you find out about which schools had both an MD-JD program? Was that something, because you went to Northwestern for undergrad, uh, was that something you did on your own? Did, or did somebody point you in that direction? Because initially when I thought about that, you know, I, I figured you'd have to go to do the three years of med school and then do, uh, or excuse me, three years of law school and four years of medical school plus residency. But from what I recall, you did two years of law school and then started med school. That's kind of how SIU did that, right? Yeah, so, the, so it was at that time a relatively new and a relatively unique thing. I think it still remains a relatively unique thing. But increasingly what has sort of opened up was the op opportunity to do dual degree programs, right? And even in the health sectors, right, to do medicine and law, to do medicine and business, to do medicine and public health, or even to do law and public health and law or master's in health administration, right? Ways that you could combine different disciplines. And so I was doing a search and all of a sudden um, thinking about maybe a medicine and public health dual degree program. And I saw these MDJD programs existed. And then, you know, the difficulty of trying to get accepted to both medical school and law school at the same yes. time, taking both the MCAT, which is the medical college's admissions test, along with the LSAT, which I'm sure your um, listeners know much more about, and then trying to say, here's the commitment. And I very honestly, like the, the cost burden of doing both at some private university scared me. Um, uh, and there were opportunities with a state university like Southern Illinois University that really sort of built their program where it was, well, we want you to be a doctor and then use the law to kind of enhance your ability to improve health. And that really resonated with me, both with the medical school leadership, but also the law school leadership. Excellent. And so do you feel that you use your law degree on a daily basis? Because obviously you're primarily a doctor and we'll get more into that. But do you see you do you frequently rely upon what you've learned in law school? Well, absolutely every day. Right. And many of um my agency leaders, right, many public officials uh have a law degree. And so part of you know getting into politics, right, and the political government environment is engaging with people who have experience with the law, right? They make laws, they amend laws, and trying to understand that in my role as, yes, Illinois' top doctor, but also someone who has to engage to improve policy, to improve the health of individuals, the law stuff is being used all the time. Plus, you know, you got to learn how to be able to make a persuasive argument. Uh, yeah. And you and I, as we spelt, spent some time on um, various levels in front of our classmates doing different things and competitions where we got up there 
trying to make complicated arguments. Those things are being used absolutely every day uh, in the work here leading the Illinois Department of Public Health. Yes. And so after you completed the the program, so uh, for people out there, from my recollection, was you did the two years of law school in Carbondale. I was there for the third and you were there for the first year of medical school and then went to Springfield to complete the remainder of medical school. And then after medical school, and it, for the listeners out there, just the theme is getting to like where you are today as uh, the director of the Illinois Department of Public Health. What was the next step uh, that you had after completing just the medical school? Is that my understanding? I believe you, from my recollection, you did a Fulbright scholarship first and then your residency. That's what I can remember. You know, going yeah, back so, so it, years yeah, yeah. So it was two years of law school. Um, and so I, I was almost complete, but didn't quite finish all the requirements. Um, it was kind of intense because I had to take some, my summers, I had to do classwork. So after my first, my one L summer, I went to Cairo, um, you know, I'm Indian by ethnicity, Muslim by faith, but had the experience to go to Cairo, Egypt to study Islamic law. And so it was one of the most magical experiences of my life, both in education, but also experiencing Egypt. Uh, then after my second summer, I went to work for the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention as part of their public health law program. And it was really the first time that I saw MDJDs doing things that you would imagine MDJDs doing, right? Thinking about public health and making a difference through law. Then the first year of Southern Illinois University's medical school is in Carbondale too. So it allowed me to stay uh, three years in Carbondale. You know, you and I lived together during that first year where you were finishing up your, your third year of law school and I was finishing up my first year of medical school. Then I went, uh, moved to Springfield while well, you moved back up to the city to, you know, begin your uh, legal career and study for the bar. Uh, I did three straight years of medical school, um, two years where you did some of the more basic science stuff. I did my first clinical year. And then I took a break to do the Fulbright Scholarship. So I became a Fulbright Scholar through the uni the Department of State, traveled to India for a year to do some research and do some work to help improve uh, infectious disease practices in a government hospital there. Again, one of the most meaningful, impactful experiences in my life, not only to be a representative of the US government on a Fulbright Scholarship, but also really learn how to bridge and some of the global health challenges that, as we saw from COVID-19, right? It, oh, yeah. Health challenges aren't really, they are local and they are state and they are federal, but they're also international as well. Then I came back to Springfield, finished my fourth year and started at the University of Chicago to learn how to be a pediatrician, right? And that for all people who graduate medical school, you do typically some training to have a specialty. And I really love the idea of impacting kids and building brighter futures for their lives. I actually did a pediatric and public policy track. So a normal pediatric residency was three years because I didn't have enough education with a medical degree and law degree. I got a master's in public policy at the University of Chicago and I was the first ever student in their pediatrics public policy track there. 
That's great. And I remember, you know, for the listeners and going back again, when you, it was great having you back up here and we talked frequently, but I remember uh, if you could, for the listeners, I, I recall you were on, you were either on duty. It was like on a 48 hour trek or more. If you could explain that, how many hours would you work at a time? Or it's like, you basically lived in that hospital. Yeah. You know, um, residency, medical residency is, is quite, um, an experience, right? And part of it is you need to get the knowledge and information to make very complicated decisions to um, help people uh, who are critically ill, keep them healthy. And often it meant that you had to be responsive and work these night shifts. And there were moments where uh, even though the requirements began to change, when I went through residency that you limited it to 80 hour work weeks. Interns could no, work no longer than 16 hour shifts. But at, during my second, third, and even fourth year, because typically you know, this was a four, four year program with the public policy track, um, I would be working 28 hour shifts. Um, and those night shifts to get to know your patients, to understand their issues, but also be able to have the confidence to wake up and immediately help them. I think those are gifts that carried through and you're as now a, a father of two girls getting up immediately and being <laughs> alert to to handle them. Um, but again, you know, just that that experience to to learn how to become a doctor. Um, but also it made me really understand that like so many of the challenges that my patients faced had little to do with like what the, the biology of their disease. It was often the social community policy issues that were making them not have the same foundation of health that they really needed to be as healthy as possible. And those real experiences on the South side of Chicago, where I was, you know, really have followed me throughout my career. And that's what I remember as far as a segue after your residency is that you from again, correct me if I'm wrong, you went back down to Springfield and that's where the SIU Health Policy Institute and based on what you your, your training and experience and being a doctor was, and I remember this was also an issue brought up in law school about the access to health care and specifically doctors just because of the you know topography or the nature of the, the you know geographical location of where uh, people were located and the access to doctors. So if you could Talk about that in relation to what, you know, you're doing here today or as director of the public health department. Yeah, you know, you know growing up in the, the city of Chicago um, and then we moved to the, the suburbs um, during my kind of mid-childhood, um, you know, city of Chicago remains, you know, my hometown. I think it's the the best big city in the world. Um but I got a really exciting opportunity to come back um, and having all of that training with some of the brightest minds in the world. I was at the University of Chicago during the Obama presidency. And the fact, um, as he was, you know, a law professor at the University of Chicago, uh, David Axelrod, one of his senior advisors, opening up an institute of politics while I was there. I got so much fortunate access to a really exciting policy universe. But 
sometimes, you know, opportunity knocks in unusual ways. And so I got an offer uh, very relatively young in my career to go back to Southern Illinois University to build a population health program, a population science and policy. And for your listeners, what that really is, is population health is the bridging of traditional public health and community health with what happens within the walls of a hospital or clinic, right? Trying to understand the things that make people healthy or unhealthy outside of the hospital, allowing them opportunities for access. But as we know, even with the most incredible technology, if you do not eat well, if you don't have a good job, if you don't have the ability to understand complicated natures of health, you don't have the right foundation to be healthy. And so the unique opportunity to SIU was to build a program like that for SIU service region, which is the 66 counties in central and southern Illinois. I first started sort of building this work in the Department of Pediatrics. I combined that with my clinical practice. I saw patients in Springfield. And then over the years was able to first launch the Office of Population Science and Policy. It was a kind of a smaller think tank. Then in 2018, we became the Department of Population Science and Policy. And at that time, I became the founding chair of the Department of Population Science and Policy at SIU School of Medicine. We were one of only 15 medical schools at the time that had a department that had this population health focus. And what were some of the things, generally speaking, in summary that you did uh, with that? So what we did was we created a, a department that was focused on four things. One, it was understanding how disease um, challenged our communities in central and southern Illinois, our division of epidemiology and biostatistics. And before COVID-19, no one knew what an epidemiologist was. But now we know, right? Those are the yep. individuals who understand, they track disease, they figure out where it's going. And yes, we have infectious disease epidemiologists like we do for COVID, but we also have epidemiologists that study cancer, that study heart disease, that study diabetes. And part of our involvement was trying to understand that in those lower 66 counties. I'm a big believer that even if you have the best data, the data only matters if you can understand and engage in communities. So our, our second branch was our uh, division that was really focused on human and community development. And it really focused on engaging with communities, building programs and projects that made sense to them. And know that, you know, our neighborhoods across the city of Chicago, right, even you know, Kane County is different than Cook County, which is different than DuPage or Lake County. And we have to understand how to make those programs work with the people in those individual counties. The third branch was our health system science arm. That was our policy arm. So we took the data, we took the community engagement, and we understand how to craft policy. And we ran a lot of summits and policy discussion groups to really write down recommendations on how we wanted to impact the state. And then finally, you know, we were a medical school. And it was really important to educate 
the next generation of physicians to know all the things that made their patients healthier or unhealthier and really allow them to engage and understand those things so that they could be the best doctors um, for their patients, no matter what they chose to practice or where they chose to practice. Excellent. So I know in it. So after that or during that time frame, I, I believe there was also another program that was a federalism with the involving uh, past uh, presidents of the United States as well, right? Yeah, no, I had a couple of really kind of unique and outstanding leadership opportunities. One, back in 2016, a former governor, Edgar, uh, chose me to be part of his Edgar Fellows class. And it, it's a group of uh, state leaders who are making an impact on, on policy. You know, back in 2016, uh, we were all in different roles, but in my class, um, I got to engage with so many incredible uh, leaders then and then future leaders, including our current lieutenant governor, uh, Juliana Stratton, and our current speaker of the House, um, Chris, uh, you know, Emmanuel Chris Welch. And so getting, you know, those to be part of a group of those leaders. And then in 2022, I was chosen to be part of a very unique national program called the Presidential Leadership Scholars Program. And it was a really a partnership between President Clinton and President Bush, but also involved the foundations and institutes of uh, LBJ, Lyndon ba Baines Johnson, and George H.W. Bush, uh, and the opportunity to engage with 60 leaders all across the country, uh, fighter pilots, community activists, government officials, um, and you got to learn not only from your colleagues, but also the presidents themselves and their administrations around what it takes for us to take the next um, real leaps in our careers. And I think both those opportunities were critical for me feeling like I was best and uniquely positioned when I got the ask from the governor uh, to be the 20th director of the Illinois Department of Public Health. Yes, I, obviously, you certainly have the experience hands on and, you know, academically and just you know, with, from a policy standpoint. And again, going back to, you know, where it all started with the, you know, MDJD program. And as far as, you know, in wrapping, wrapping it up, I mean, we could always talk forever, you know, nonstop for this, but we obviously have other duties to uh, that we need to get to. Um, but as far as, um I guess everything you've learned up to the point, if you have like a summary of what, what are your daily duties as uh, the director of the public health uh, department for Illinois? Obviously we don't get to meet as much. I remember when, you know, our offices are right next to each other and we're both you know busy running around, even just trying to sync this up. I know you're constantly having to meet with people. So, I mean, just a general rundown for the listeners out there, you know, what you kind of do. Yeah. And for the listeners, you know, usually these conversations would, would run around, uh, you know, TV shows or bands or, or Cubs <laughs> versus the Mets. And so, um, you know, the beauty of a job like this, um, sometimes the challenge of it, too, is that every day is different. Um, and I have the honor and the real privilege of leading almost 1200 public servants in this department that are working to keep your water safe, to uh, help 
with food safety to think about all of the different kind of infectious diseases that are coming. We do programs that have school health centers and work on making sure that, you know, women have healthy and safe pregnancies, that we take care of kids. Um, we do activities around diabetes and heart disease, right? It is so big. And I think one of the things that would love for your listeners to, to really understand is that public health is so much more than COVID, right? It's people out in their communities trying to make a difference every day to improve health. And what I do is hopefully um, within um, the, the confines of what our agency can do and uh, on behalf of the incredible leadership of our governor, J.B. Pritzker, is try to make sure that we're doing everything that we can to protect the health of our residents, but also promote their health in new and exciting ways. I think one of the things that I have taken on and have the great privilege of also doing is to lead us in the recovery stage post public health emergency, right? Post yeah. the pandemic. And so how can we make the right decisions to build healthier systems and really sort of concentrate on understanding that some people do have a different foundation. So how can we uplift all boats and make sure that no matter where you are in Illinois, from the Loop or Lincoln Park uh, on the south side of Chicago in Kane County, Springfield to deep, deep Southern Illinois, that we are building healthier communities in every corner and area of our great diverse state. Thank you. And for listeners out there, I was also, uh, I didn't mention this to you earlier, I was uh, looking on the IDPH's site. There's it seems to be quite of, uh, a bit of meetings and task force, and there's a whole calendar on there if people are interested. And uh, I, I imagine, you know, as far as open meetings are able to attend, uh, just some various task force on health-related issues. Yeah, it's absolutely true. And, you know, we are looking always in the department for incredible leaders who care about health um, to engage us in our boards and commissions. Um, and just like, you know, our agency, of course, some health expertise is important, but our agency is filled with different people of diverse backgrounds. Lots of people who have gone to law school, including myself, that are making an impact. Uh, and we know that in Kane County to work with your local health department that's doing incredible work, but also work, in, work uh, here at the state to kind of make uh, an impact. Because what I say all the time is that making our communities healthier, we need partnership and we need help. And it's every individual across the state can make an impact to improve the health of their communities. Definitely. It's all about collaboration. I found out even in my position, just traveling around the state and working with all the, the local municipalities and local counties. So again, I'd like to you know thank you for your time here and taking time out of your you know busy schedule. I know it's not easy, you know, syncing up here. So again, on behalf of the King County Bar Association, thank you for taking your time here and, you know, talking with us and, you know, giving us, you know, the rundown about how you got to where you are and what IDPH does. So again, you know, I'll hopefully be able to talk to you soon again and then, you know, meet up. I know that's obviously difficult with, you know, the way things are going the way in the world. Yeah. Well, Andrew, absolute pleasure as always. And thanks for the King County Bar Association for having me. Um, looking forward to, to the next time. Thank you.